1: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome
0: back to Locked On Sox. I am Herb Lawrence. With me is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you doing on this Wednesday afternoon? Well, Thursday <laughs> night. Sorry, damn it.
1: I don't know. I have no idea what day it is. Uh- when are we going to send this out? Um, tonight, you know, we'll send it out tonight. So it's Wednesday. that's Wednesday night. I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, I'm all thrown off. Uh, we've been uh, away for, for a little bit. Uh, I've had some uh, personal things been going through. Uh, my mother-in-law just recently passed away after a 15-year battle with Alzheimer's. And so we're just kind of picking up the pieces here. My wife uh, is going through the grieving process, as we all are. And when you have a young child in the house who loses their grandparent for the first time it's it's been a struggle for for everyone and uh you know just uh, just thinking about every one of you guys who may be affected by this just horrendous disease you know it it uh it robbed this great woman who was full of life and and loved to to sing and laugh and and joke and you know was 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 full of spunk and certainly i'd loved her uh, a lot known her for 20 years and She loved me and she would often defend me uh, against her own daughter (laughs) and, you know, to treat treat him nicely, you know. Uh, But just anyone who's affected by Alzheimer's, man, it's just terrible. Uh, But, you know, her life was not defined by the disease. It was everything that happened before that. So we've just been kind of dealing with that the past week and a half. And uh, it hasn't been pretty, but... uh, you know in in a lot of ways it was good to just be home and and recenter with with the family because life gets pretty crazy so you know just it was nice to be home and you know, not nice, I won't say that, but just, you know, being being among family is, is often good for the soul, even when the times are not necessarily great. So it's good to be back tonight, and we are really just, uh, we've got, you know, we talk about important things going on in the world. I mean, the the next White Sox manager, here we go. Uh, we, before we get started tonight, I'll let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code On, and you'll get 20% off of your next order that's billbar.com promo code locked on all right man in uh, other depressing news these Jersey numbers uh, for the episode numbers they're not getting much better um, <laughs> oh. we're at episode 66 tonight and <laughs> it's not pretty um, stop me if you've heard someone Bill Cox no never never heard of Cox uh Jerry Staley, oh man, he wore, the, he wore the 66 for a lot of years, from 56 to 61. Maybe it's worth uh, exploring Jerry Staley here for a little bit, if he was around oh. that, that long.
0: Jerry Staley was out there dealing
1: for the Sox. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: got a 261 ERA in his sixth season with the White Sox. Wow. He was garbage Card- as a Cardinal. Yeah, well, Actually, he was pretty decent as a Cardinal. Wow. But he was a 261 with the White Sox. The
1: things you learn uh, when you're doing this stuff, you know, you just because. You know, the guy's not a household name. You you tend to comb right over Jerry Staley, but 1959, of course, the Go Go Sox. Uh, it was a closer, it looks like. Uh, yeah, back then uh, we didn't we, we didn't have closes back then. Uh, he was he finished 28th in the MVP voting in 1959. <laughs> what an accomplishment! But uh career high in uh in games he appeared in 67 games uh finished 37 games as you mentioned 15 saves um you know they didn't even call them saves back then I don't no, think um not I, at all 116 I think Jerome
0: Holtzman came up with that save set in the 70s
1: yeah I was there um yeah so I guess yeah this is a good candidate right here uh the, the great Jerry Staley Um uh, other notable number 66's if you can call them that Um, (laughs) does Shane Lindsay ring a bell Ray Olmedo uh, Jose Ruiz, uh, who had nope. had some terrible moments this year, Chris Volstad for two seasons, and my initial, my gut reaction when I saw 66 and I saw Michael Enoa, who of course I I, I am always quick to give Michael Enoa his flowers while he's still uh with us on this earth because as we know he was instrumental in helping to recruit uh, Luis Robert. He was his workout buddy in Cuba, so the Sox had him. So if if there's no Michael Enoa, there's no Luis Robert. So but I like Jerry Staley here for the old heads out there. We learned yeah. something. You guys learned something. How about that? I'm sure when we were going through this, number
0: 66, some dude who's listening who's around in 59, hopefully he was like a 10-year-old kid, It's yeah. like, oh, man, I remember the great <laughs> Jerry Staley. He was out there dealing for the Sox. They better name the uniform after this uh, episode after him. <laughs> they don't know their their White Sox baseball. <laughs> so, yes, it is for you who is listening, who is – 10 years old in 1959. I'm glad you're still with us in good health, hopefully, and uh, thank you for
1: listening. I I, I thought you just said uh, you can go to hell, but you said in good health. Um, Yes, Oh, you (laughs) cannot
0: go to hell. Sorry, sir. There's no such place, firstly. Then secondly, I don't want you to go there if there was.
1: Um, So we missed the mailbag. We'll catch up in due time. Maybe we'll knock another one out at the end of the week here. Um, but so obviously with a lot of things going on, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that um, real quickly here before we get to Tony La Russa news and what we're doing here tonight on this episode, we're going to explore each of our top five White Sox managerial candidates because this thing could happen at any moment now. Everyone's speculating with the, the suspensions from Cora and Hinch lifted after uh, the 2020 calendar year of baseball is is complete now the sox can go about their way and on hire one of these top candidates that have been uh, on the shelf for an entire season but we're gonna explore our our five top candidates uh, herb and I will uh, and we'll sort of run down uh, the names on the list and, and see who's uh, really a good fit and who maybe is not but uh, any thoughts on the World Series I you know I've had a lot going on here. I tried to watch uh, intently at the the beginning of the World Series. I didn't watch, you know, closely uh, for like the final four games. But overall, your impressions on the World Series—does it have any sort of uh, lasting impressions in terms of the lens that you look at the White Sox going forward? Did you enjoy the World Series? Go ahead, tell me all about it.
0: (laughs) Um, I really didn't watch a lot of the World Series, so. You know, I was planning on it. I think I did a episode of uh, the Hot Mike with Matt Spiegel. Yes. And so I watched the whole thing with him. And, you know, he was doing it on Hot Mike, and then I was joining the sixth inning. So I watched up to the sixth inning and then pretty much flaked out after the eighth. But, yeah, I mean, congratulations to the Dodgers. I feel good for Dave Roberts as a. Uh, part-time San Diego Padres fan. He was instrumental in a couple of those uh, teams back then, and then also he was a nice bench coach. So good job for them. And also I can make my managers don't matter thing stick a little bit further because, you know, everybody says as Dave Roberts was a bad manager a couple of weeks ago when there, looks like they might've been leaving the uh, playoffs. And now he's a world series manager, just like my man, Ned Yost. So no, I'm not a big time World Series guy this year. Uh, I thought I would be more because the White Sox could participate, but I couldn't stomach the fact the White Sox were in that tournament and didn't get yeah. to that point.
1: Yeah, I get I get that way a lot of times too. Unless like there's a local angle there, it just it's frustrating to watch sometimes. Um, you know, the, I don't know how the White Sox would have stacked up against the Rays. Uh, not not great, probably. No, but, but yeah. So you know, there there's something to look at there. And you know, this this whole year was kind of flukish, and you know, the fact that they even completed the year, I'm thankful for. And then, it really, they they came to a uh, really a, a rough ending there with the whole Justin Turner thing. But yeah, man, it was it was you know, the, I think above all, I don't remember. Did you have the Dodgers as well winning the World Series when we did our prediction show? Who did you have? I'm pretty
0: sure it was the Dodgers because I think I said they are the best team by far.
1: Yeah, we both agreed on that. Yeah, and it's good overall in a baseball fan sense. It's good to see the best team uh, finally get another bite at the apple and and finish the job this time. You know, so that that above, you know, I like that storyline. You know, you happy for Dave Roberts. You know, and. and seeing him finally get over it, and he doesn't have to, you know, although selfishly, I think we're kind of, you know, rooting for them to lose, so Dave Roberts would become available uh, mm-hmm. for this manager surgery. I think the Sox would uh, do, would be uh, well served to have a guy like him uh, at the helm, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an entertaining series, and lot if you're a fan of pitching, oh, that World Series was for you, but uh, uh, moving along here, so Tony LaRusso is uh, still in the news, it's been about a week and a half since we've recorded, I think, and and we uh, that's one of the things that had our, our ire was Tony Larusa's name being in the news for some reason, and in for, for sure we thought it was you know just a leverage thing, just uh, doing Jerry Reinsdorf a solid thing, doing Tony Larusa a solid, getting his name out there in the game. But there's reports that came out just today, uh, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch uh, said that uh, Tony Larusa has been gathering. Potential candidates for his his bench for his coach Mm -hmm. for his coaching staff, and uh, I heard rumors that Tony LaRusso was in Chicago this weekend, out uh, having Mm -hmm. a nice dinner, a last supper before everything shuts down here (laughs) in in the city. Uh, You know, hopefully, he went to uh, one of the top tier uh, restaurants uh, in town. Here, Uh, I have no doubt. Didn't drive
0: after he he (laughs) took a couple (laughs) drinks in.
1: Oh yeah, although you know, there's with so little traffic out here with people not commuting, yeah, you probably. Hop in that express lane there on ninety, and you probably, probably be all right. It's, because, it's, it's like bumper but up, bumper. when you're doing it. B- yeah, it's like bumper bowling there in that express <laughs> lane. If it's late enough at night, it's just you out there. So, uh, but anyway, but Tony uh, is, uh, is apparently looking at candidates to to be a part of his coaching staff. And one of the guys that they said would not be a part of the coaching staff, uh, St. Louis Dispatch reported that uh, Dave Duncan would not be on the staff itself. But then our very own Six Seventy Scores Bruce Levine said Dave Duncan would, in fact, have a role. Now Dave Duncan is, of course, currently an employee of the White Sox. Anyway, he was an advisor before this whole Tony La Russa rumor mill started to churn. So. Dave Duncan would likely have a part of it, and maybe that's setting up the LaRusso hire. Is having that already baked into the thing here. But um, why is this still a thing, Herb? <laughs> Tony LaRusso, what's going on here?
0: I really, truly think that they're thinking about hiring him as the manager. This is not just Rick Hahn humoring Jerry. It's gone on way too far. <laughs> Initially, we laughed off the first point, then Bob doubled down and now it's hey, they could talk to anybody. The world series is over. We could talk to anybody and that's some bitch in story keeps some coming back. You just can't kill it. Uh, it's got to have some validity to it. Like yeah. like really once they decide to hire Tony Larusa as the manager, Rick Hahn should offer his, his resignation right then. So, because this is obviously not what he said in the press conference. He's been usurped. Jerry wants his guy. He gets his guy. So you have no power anymore. Leave. Just leave. I would feel that as a professional, with somebody you usur- usurped my power, especially where I'm the architect of this whole rebuild. And now at the precipice where we're about to get on the, t- the mountaintop, you're going to take over and hire somebody over my head? No, I can't do that.
1: Yeah, it's still a head scratcher to me. And you know, usually when you see the White Sox, you know, at the center of of the rumor mill, uh, it usually doesn't end up fortuitous for them. Usually, it like they're they're being used as leverage against someone else, or <laughs> ultimately they just they 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 can't put their money where their mouth is, and and I think these things kind of just peter out. Like I think about the Manny Machado thing. Like obviously he was the guy for so long. You know, they, they were tying him in the White Sox. You know, ever since. Uh, the the season ended and it uh, was at 18 at this point and, and all, all through the winter and then all of a sudden but at the last minute they couldn't get the deal done I, I'm wondering I just have a crackpot theory here I wonder if because you're already hearing things about money being tight and this that and the third I wonder <laughs> if if they're using Tony LaRussa as leverage against AJ hinch where it's like hey well you know AJ you got A guy here who we're really interested in, we love him, Like he's been a part of our organization, he's a Hall of Famer, he's got more skins on the wall than you, and we could easily have him come in here and run our shop, but uh, if you want the gig, I guess you can have it, but you know, we have other options here, (laughs) and and he'll do it for a lot cheaper than what you're asking for, I don't know, it's just, I'm trying to think of all angles here, because it doesn't make sense when you have so many good, young, inspiring candidates out here, and just to turn back the clock like this, it just doesn't make sense, You, you put any weight to maybe that being part of this whole thing? Thing? Could it be just a money thing, or just like you know, you can't just have one guy be your front runner and then that's that? You know, that that never happens. So I don't, I still mm-hmm. don't understand what's going on here. I mean,
0: it wouldn't it be White Sox to quibble over a million dollars here or there? I mean. <laughs> And I mean, AJ Hinch is gonna maybe command a decent salary, but it's not gonna be breaking the bank. I know, especially what you're gonna pay the guys. I mean, it makes sense, but it is what I was saying. Like a regular functioning team that has always had good functioning books and spent a lot of money. You're like, all right, cool. I, that's a little far fetched, but yeah, I can't throw it out. The White Sox are, you know, they haven't, you know, had this necessarily a hundred percent this reputation, but you can't throw it out like it's a hogwash.
1: And another thing too, it just you know, with the embargo uh, on just hiring a manager in general through the mm-hmm. World Series, that all all the teams are you know under this this, this self mandated bar embargo, and then also the, just the fact that you couldn't hire Hinch or have any contact with him, so you couldn't really have your name tied to him. You want to be careful with all those leaks come up, that come out. But I just wonder if it's if it just comes down to the White Sox just like to have their name in the news. Like they had a, a season, a good season that ended not the way they wanted to, but just a way to keep them in the national, the national uh, bloodstream. Maybe that's it. I, you know, I don't know. But I, I again, I, I well, I hope. And Tanny, as we're, oh no, um, doing the show. Oh no, <laughs> it's not official. Oh no, but like a ref with a whistle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see a. Uh,
1: oh, I a, see. Uh, Dan Rohn, the Silk yeah. Man.
0: Silk Man, yeah. That is, um,
1: whew. <laughs> okay. So uh, Dan Rowan says this quote. This is from oh, ten, ten minutes ago. The Silk Man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Don't be shocked at a major salute Sox announcement on Thursday. And yes, it's probably what and who you think it is. Now, oh. I-, I love Dan Rowan, class act, smart guy. But this, this is just a, this is I don't know what to make of this. I mean, this is like saying everything but nothing at the same time. It's like you, mean, can, you can go back in this tweet and you could read it any way you want to read it. It, it. I read it as <laughs>
0: uh, what we said, and it looks bad.
1: <laughs> I, we're fucked. I, t- I don't. I don't know, man. I just, you know, I think I, I. I don't know if Dan Rowan really, really knows anything about who this next manager would be, and this is just very vague. Like, just come out and say it. If you think it's going to be Larusa, just saying, yeah, you know, uh, well, I, I'm hearing Larusa's the, the current front runner. We could have an announcement soon, like that. Just go with that. If you're going to report something, don't say it's probably what and who you think it is, because I think it's going to be AJ Hinch, but. The next man may think it's uh, Joe McEwing, and the next man may think it's you know uh, Tony Larusa. So I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't. put a whole lot of weight into this. As much as I respect uh, the Silk Man,
0: I put a lot of <laughs> I put a lot of weight on this. It's like uh, that guy doesn't do that. He's not this guy to be breaking news. He don't need to break news. Right. Silk Man is all good. So like, yeah, I've been hearing similar things that um, you know the dinner thing with Tony Larusa in town, like he's an old man and this is a you know very very cold time for a guy who lives in Arizona why would you come to Chicago just to be bullshit and uh, end of October
1: I just it doesn't make sense just from a a, a tactical standpoint like you see the, like we watch enough of these World Series games and you see how they're managed you know maybe I wasn't a fan of the way uh uh, of the way Kevin Cash managed that game with Blake Snell uh last night. If
0: I get the Rona. And he was close, he
1: was close to getting that Rona too with uh, Justin Turner out there. But just the, the way that was managed and then on the flip side of it just you know the, the way bullpens are used and you know when you bullpen a game that's sort of I know you, you they credit Tony La Russa with being like the, the father of the modern bullpen with everyone having their roles but now things have literally reversed in the order and the way that that guys are used. So it just seems like for the way that Rick Renteria was criticized for how he managed the, that that uh, Game Three uh, win or go home situation in Oakland, it just as a from a baseball standpoint in the modern game today, it just does not make sense to have a guy like Tony La Russa. And I'm not one of these people who says he's you know not a smart guy. He's a Hall of Famer, man, and I I'm, I'm, can't take that away from him. But just again, I'll go back to my thing. Not this team not this year and guy kind of hasn't been managed it'll be 10 years in between if he manages in 2021 10 years man like that's that, that's a lot of stuff happens in 10 years uh, in in the game of baseball the more things like don't really change but like the more little details uh, they, they change rapidly over the years so it just it doesn't make sense to me
0: yeah I mean this like think about that they fired Ricky Renteria old school. Guy who wouldn't listen to analytics, so they fired him and Coop to hire old school yeah. doesn't like fun, doesn't like to listen to analytics, even though people are like, well, he's the modern day he created modern day analytics and baseball. was like, yeah, the bullpen usage, but he wasn't out there crunching numbers and playing guys because of uh because of they hit uh, the the bobip was uh four fifty against those guys. Like Tony Russo is not gonna come in here and be Like AJ Hinch, even though I didn't necessarily want AJ Hinch to be the manager, he's going to be himself and he's going to be like, let's bunt guys over to second. Let's bunt guys over to third type of bullshit and then be out there for the national anthem and don't kneel because I hate that garbage type of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's again. Yeah, culturally, uh, the, the modern game it, it really doesn't fit from any perspective other than just a, a, a narrative and just to make Jerry Reinsdorf feel good. That's the only uh, fit here, and that's only through one man's eyes or, or two two men's you know eyes. So. Again, it doesn't make sense, but we're we're looking at Dan Rowan's tweet just now. Don't be shocked at a major socks announcement on Thursday. And yes, it's probably what and who you think it is. And I'm just seeing people respond in real time here as we record this, sort of the you know, playing it out the same way we're playing it out in our mind. And people are saying, yeah, this could literally mean anything in this you know they're saying Dan Rowan is not a guy who routinely breaks news so you shouldn't trust him blah 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 now when when he says it's probably who you think it is I'm always thinking of one name Juan Uribe. so unless it's Juan Uribe as player manager I want no part of this announcement because that's what I'm thinking off the top so um, you know, I guess we're already about 20 minutes into this thing and we wanted to bring you guys our, our top five candidates. So I guess we can plow through this real quick because I, you know, we put in a, a decent amount of work and we're, we're way behind here uh, because of all this personal stuff in our lives. So I, I do want to make sure we get this out of here before the announcement is made, before the end of this podcast. So uh, let's quickly, I want to run down some names here before I unveil my list of top five White Sox managerial candidates. This episode of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever and now the new and improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. Of course there's 18 amazing Built Bar flavors including nut and non-nut varieties. The six brand new flavors, including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barsia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. And, of course, Bilt Bar has those 12 original flavors that you know and love so well. Of course, Banana Nut Bread, German Chocolate, a personal favorite, Peanut Butter, Peanut Butter Brownie. Built Bars are always covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and so easy to chew and so delicious. They're great if you're a health-conscious person on the go. Good for maintaining or losing weight while still indulging in this delicious sweet treat that I love so much. I keep them in my desk drawer at work for those sweet tooth cravings around three o'clock when that hits. All right. Uh, For example, the flavor profile for the peanut butter, which I just mentioned 19 grams of protein, man, and just 180 calories, only five grams of sugar, and just five grams of net carbs. And right now, Built Bar is offering you guys, our Locked On White Sox listeners, a chance at a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. And to top it all off, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use promo code On and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And now let's get back into the show. I have six names here because I'm, I'm making the rules and breaking them as we go along, but this, this, this first name here is not really a name who I think should be the manager for the Sox this coming season, but it's a guy that I want to be on the radar as maybe the next great uh, bench coach, uh, the next guy who you can bring in uh, to the fold of your coaching staff and a smart guy who you can utilize and maybe groom into the next great manager either here or elsewhere. But I was listening to the Edge podcast uh, from Cadence13 and Radio.com, uh, Ben Ryder's podcast about the Astros cheating scandal, and you're going to hear a lot about uh, that scandal here in this episode. But he interviewed Chase Utley. Have you followed along uh, Chase Utley's role uh, in the sign-stealing scandal, Herb? I have not. Okay. Um, tell me more. Well, so Chase Utley you know, was brought in at the very end of his career in 2017 Mm -hmm. to be on the Dodgers and he he wasn't uh, much of a player uh, in in his latter years there but he was brought in basically to be like this this comforting uh, smart veteran influence uh, on a team that needed it at that point remember before the Dodgers had won a World Series uh, in in this version of the Dodgers team so so Chase Utley was brought in to be a a mentor and just be uh, a baseball gamer uh, of sorts and be part of the team and he what well, had a sense that the Astros were up to something because just watching, you know, the Astros at bats against guys like Kershaw and you know Walker Bueller and other guys out there, you know, just the Astros just taking these confident passes at great breaking pitches, not even flinching, not even a half check swing, um, just guessing right, basically a hundred percent of the time. So what Chase Utley did is he started to break down literally, I guess it was like hundreds of hours of tape. And he would look at the at the Dodgers or excuse me at the Astros tendencies and what they were doing out there, try to see if they were stealing signs or what they were doing. Like so, you know, he didn't want to put his pitching staff uh, at jeopardy. It would run the risk of them being paranoid and throw them off their game. So he just said, you know what, why don't we switch up signs a bit? And if you remember that World Series, it got eventually got to a, a seventh game with you Darvish getting uh, blasted early on in that game and you know Carlos Beltran eventually said that he was tipping pitches and they said there was some wrist action that that tipped when Darvish was, was throwing a certain pitch or his breaking ball uh, but you know eventually we found out what we know now about they were using uh, audio devices and trash cans and things like that but the the video that Chase Utley was watching did not have audio accompaniment so we he couldn't hear the bangs it was just straight raw video um, but he was the first one as to, to to suspect something. And just hearing him talk about uh, the process and, and breaking down all this tape and the hunches he had and the experience that he, that he had when he was in Philly uh, about people accusing them of sign-stealing, what they actually did, and just like, you know, this guy's a, a, a lifer, and it sounds like a real smart guy, but, you know, if I'm building a coaching staff, I want Chase Utley to be a part of that, be a base coach or a bench coach, just a, a guy who's connected to the modern game but still – Has been around the block quite a bit, so I I like I like Chase Utley as a dark horse guy. I won't, you know, not in my top five, but just as a guy to keep an eye out for because it sounds like a really smart guy who uh, who can help with those intangibles. So I got I got a real crazy name here for my number five spot. This is a because this is a White Sox podcast. This is a White Sox name um, that would not surprise me, but one of those crazy things that I I would believe it if it happened. And I'm going to try to sell you on the 43 year old. A.J. Pierzynski. Uh, No? Okay. So A.J. Pierzynski, two-time All-Star, World Series champion, of course, former catcher. I think that's important uh, for my manager to be a former catcher, seeing the game at a unique perspective that most players don't get to see it from. Uh, Off the charts, baseball instincts, uh, tenacity, your team taking on the personality of their manager, do everything you can to win a game. Uh, get inside people's heads, could be a lightning rod and take pressure off the players, sort of like an Ozzy Gian type guy that's beloved by the organization and fan base. I'm not saying that I would hire him, but I'm saying it's a guy who really didn't like the fact that David Ross was getting all the attention on Dancing with the Stars, and then he was talked about <laughs> as the guy to be the next great manager, you know, another catcher of his generation. Uh, I believe former teammates, maybe, maybe not, Um, in in Boston briefly, maybe not. But uh, A.J. Pruszynski is a guy who I was like, if they try to sell me on that, I would be at least listen. I would be receptive to that. And that wouldn't be my number one pick, but I'd be receptive because of everything we know about A.J. Um, Another guy here. And you can go through your list when you're done uh, for the sake of time here, unless you think it's totally batshit crazy. If you think AJ's batshit crazy, you can tell me that right now. It's fine. I won't think anything less of you. No, I, you no,
0: know, I mean, you know, you know my thoughts on managers, so it yeah. doesn't really matter in wins, and losses. So I wouldn't throw it out, but I just don't like AJ. So yeah. that's the thing with me. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I know it'd be entertaining. and know pre and post would be nice because it'll say a couple things, maybe even get a fight with one of his players. So that would be look. I would look at that as a positive, but otherwise, no, I'm, I'm yeah. not an A.J. guy.
1: That's fine. And above all, a bunch of guys on this list don't fit Rick Hahn's criteria if you hold them to his own words in that end-of-season press conference. <laughs> sounded like you wanted a guy with with tons of postseason experience uh, and, if anything, World Series experience. So, A.J., you can cross him off that list if we're holding the White Sox to their own words. Uh, another guy here, 45 years old, bilingual, of Puerto Rican descent. You heard a lot about him last year before the Cubs hired David Ross. Um, he was not part of the Astros cheating scandal of 2017, but he worked there uh, every year after and is there currently in Houston. It's a Joe Espada. Uh-huh. It's a guy who you really, I think, you know, one of the casualties of this sign stealing thing, uh, you just don't hear a lot about him anymore uh, as being part of the mix of the next manager. But this guy fits all the criteria that people are looking for, a part of a winning organization bilingual younger guy and work with Brian Cashman as a special assistant in the Yankee organization for a while, but you don't hear a lot about him. So I, you know, that's one guy that I would love to come in and pick his brain, uh, uh, you know, and, and just see, um you know what he can do for you what kind of information you can learn about your own team from talking to him or maybe he's a guy that can come in and wow you there's always people that you have in mind and you think oh this guy will be fine and we'll give him a courtesy interview but then it end up blowing you away which is kind of like what happened with ozzy in 04 (laughs) before he came on board so joe espada uh, a guy on my list um a couple more names here three more to be exact um Sandy Alomar Jr., and I think Mm -hmm. this could be the most sound choice out of anyone if you talk about you don't want the baggage that comes with some of the guys that are next on my list here, a guy who's been in the division, who's already filled in for the great Terry Francona, who's, you know, he was entrusted in in running the Indians while Terry Francona dealt with health issues this year. Uh, As acting manager in 2020, Sandy Alomar Jr., who's 54 years old, by the way, went 28-18, and And as a player, of course, he has the former White Sox connection, two separate tours with the White Sox, 01 and 02, and then 03 and 04. He's been uh, with the Indians coaching staff for 10 seasons, so he was a guy that was in the Manny Acta regime, and Terry Francona thought enough about him to keep him there, and it's certainly been successful. And if Terry Francona thinks highly of you, that probably says something. And I, you know, Another guy that's bilingual, former catcher, um, you know, those are, those are big things for me being able to communicate. I don't know what kind of personality he has. If he's a guy that can keep a group motivated over the long haul or if he's just, you know, could be a dry guy that, that people could lose the message on, but that's why you bring guys in and interview them. But uh, above all, I think you, you bring him in and maybe see if you can pick his brain about the Indians pitching infrastructure. And if you bring uh-huh. him, bring him as your, and as your manager and you, you think, okay, well, Here's our guy here and we're going to try to implement at least some of the the fundamental things that Cleveland was doing either as far as, you know, maybe not necessarily drafting and development because that's not Sandy Alomar's department, but but how do we take guys and and bring them to the next level at the lower levels and what's the pitching philosophy and in terms of getting guys to to throw first pitch strike, and just things like that, things that the White Sox system hadn't done for many years prior until you saw guys like Matt Foster and Cody Hoyer emerge this season. But I think a guy that's been with that organization, a rival, I think you, you, there, there's a bonus there in, in bringing him in. And I would not even be mad if, if all of a sudden they announced that the White Sox were going to hire Sandy Alomar Jr. I think that would be a really, really good fit, smart guy right there. Uh, My final two names here, but Sandy Alomar though, I will note, does not fit Rick Hahn's criteria. Never won a World Series, not even as a player. And, again, the temperament, we don't really know much about Sandy Alomar Jr., but I think he would. I think it's a slap in the face uh, to not even bring him in uh, to interview if the Indians grant permission. So uh, final two names here, a guy who I think uh, is probably number one on your list, and I'll wait for the reveal here, but he's 45 years old. He's also coming off a suspension, a 2018 World Series champion uh-huh. as a manager, three-time World Series champion as a player. He is, of course, Alex Cora. Um, One of the great rising stars, uh, also part of the Astros coaching staff there in 2017, and of course gets his gig uh, in Boston, wins in the first year. Um, A a guy who I, I would think would be on the very, very short list if I'm the White Sox to bring in. Bilingual, another important thing, but just a smart baseball man and a great ambassador for your team. I just remember... Him being a vocal leader when the the, the storms were, were tearing across Puerto Rico. And he's just a great guy to be the face of your organization. Um, I was just really impressed by him. Um, sadly, he was the only coach that was involved in the sign-stealing scandal, allegedly the only guy that was actively a part of it, him and Carlos Beltran. So that could be a knock against him. But I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. If, but I round out my list here. The number one guy. Uh, Who I would target here for the White Sox to manage in 2021. I think you know who it is. Uh, He's a World Series champion in 2017. Um, Mm -hmm. He didn't do anything to stop the cheating scandal in Houston, uh, you know, but just watching that interview he did with Tom Verducci watching his interview with Tom Verducci a, a couple of times and just seeing he feels genuine that he, he truly regrets not doing anything about it um, you know the whole cheating thing I'm not a big stickler for that because you could go down any roster of any World Series champion team and there's bound to be a guy who wasn't doing something by the book um it's, it's very complicated the waters are very muddied here in, in this situation but a guy who is respected is still a, a, around baseball he's served his time but I like AJ Hinch I think that would be my number one candidate and I'm still sticking by it that I think that's who the white Sox are going to hire if they want a guy who fits Rick Hahn's criteria of postseason experience and a World Series winner even though you can question how he got there so that's that's my list that's my five names and a dark horse uh, for White Sox manager,
0: I only have one that you also have, and that, of course, is Sandy Alomar Jr. He uh, would be at the top of my list. So, my number one hiring would be Sandy Alomar number Jr. One. Say, number one. Number my, one. Okay. My top choice. Okay. Uh, as a guy that you've made the case for him, speaks bilingual. I mean, both languages, <laughs> bilingual. Hey, he's like six languages all the time. I um, speak bilingual. But, <laughs> Sir, uh, I even, can't uh, even do the voice. <laughs> I was going to get into it. it was, uh, I don't want this this episode to get flagged. Um, but, yeah, he speaks both languages, can communicate it well. Um, guys already we respect him. Lineage with his dad playing in the league. And of course, Robbie Alomar, his brother, being a Hall of Famer. Um yeah, he's well-respected. I think he brings exactly what you need to the table. That Cleveland situation this year, already you see leadership. Was it Tito Francona for the most part this year? It was Sandy Alomar Jr. had to deal with all the guys going out having their tafan in Chicago and then the fallout there and then deciding, you know, him or uh, the upper management, deciding that those guys have to be banished out to their uh, alternate site. And then eventually bringing Zach police back into the fold and letting that stuff smooth over. So we did a great job capturing second place in the AL central uh, tie with the White Sox. But I um, would have him as my number one candidate. My number two candidate is, a guy that I don't think many people remember as a candidate last year because it went by so quickly. But the um, guy's been working with the Dodgers for the last couple years, and he's just a cerebral guy. And when he played, he used to kill the White Sox, Kansas City Royal, great Raul Banyas. Yes, um, he, he
1: was on my my like my top ten list, and he was a guy you heard a lot about a few years ago. But just kind of quiet ever since. And maybe because they've been having some some success there. But yeah, that's a very interesting name who was like linked to the White Sox like around the time Robin Ventura. Then you just really stopped hearing about him. But yeah, go go on.
0: Yeah, I mean he was uh in the hunt last year. I think he was in the hunt for the Phillies job before Joe Girardi got that job. So a guy just cerebral. He speaks the language. He's born in America, but he's Cuban by by origin. So his parents are there. We got the four Cubans on the White Sox. The sh- shared stories there they can have. Um, I just think that it's just a guy that'll be a perfect match for what the White Sox are doing moving forward. A champion now. So I would be big time into Raul Banyas as my number two pick. Uh, number three pick is a guy named Will Venable. Will Venable spent some time in San Diego as a player, some, I think, time in Boston, uh, mostly fourth outfielder, pinch runner, things like that. See the baser once in a while, and he was recently, still is, with the Cubs as the third base coach. So I don't think that he's got a fair shake to what his skills are. If you ask anybody around the league, Will Venable is most respected uh, guy out there. He's paid his dues as far as uh, going through the ranks and doing the right things. Everybody loves him you know, surviving one manners managership to the other one is uh, speaks to his, you know, durability and how well respected he is. And I think, you know, a minority candidate again, it's good to hire people who have been paying their dues correctly and doing things right. Instead of getting these retreads, it's get a guy that maybe you don't think about, like the Ozzy thing. Kenny would have never gave him that opportunity unless Jerry said go and speak to him. There's no harm in the speaking, and then you'll see why everybody else thinks that Will Venable is a stand-up guy and one of the most respected guys in the game, so I don't know if you have any objections about Will Venable.
1: No, you know, seeing him just with the Cubs is the only experience that I've had, just sort of watching him as a coaching type, but yeah, that, that that's a guy who's been around the game for a long time, and yeah, it's I, uh, you know, not a, a guy that jumps off the page when you talk about next manager candidates, but yeah, you, you, you make a good case for, uh, for old Will Venable.
0: My fourth guy, this one's going to be a surprise because I think, I just think a couple of years ago, this guy was hot candidate and I didn't know why, but you know, he was uh, supposed to take over so, for somebody back in this town where he played the most games in St. Louis And they said, well, he's going to be the heir apparent to this guy, this guy, this guy. But somehow he just cooled off. Um, Started as the third base coach for the White Sox. Now he's the bench coach for the White Sox. Joe McEwing. I mean, if we're going to do this, let's, you know, I don't like to be insular like the White Sox usually are. But he's been around like Will Venable's been around. He's paid his dues. He's done the hard work. He understands what's going on in that clubhouse already and if anybody on that clubhouse was to get elevated i think he deserves to get elevated to the bench for boss job so he's already been doing bench coach work for the last couple of years under ricky Ritria. i think he's ready for the next step and um i just think rewarding guys in your organization for doing a good job and we have heard nothing but good things from super joe and I don't know why it cooled off as far as a manager. Just maybe somebody saw something about him, didn't interview well. But we know the guy. We've already had him on our staff for years now. I think if anybody deserves a job on the staff currently, it will be Super Joe McEwing.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that. I, I do like rewarding people who have been good soldiers for you. We, we don't. That's one of the things where we don't have the luxury of being inside the interview room to, to see what kind of personality the guy is, but you never hear a bad word about him, and he always seems more than competent whenever he's got to fill in because Ricky got ejected more times uh, than, than I think we would have thought he would have over his Sox career, so Super Joe... Uh, and it ended up uh, filling in quite a bit. And I remember this year, most notably, you know, uh, managing the bullpen a little bit better maybe than uh, than Ricky did. So, yeah, I, I would not hate that because I think that 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 does deliver a good message to your organization. Like, yeah, we we won't forget about you. And Joe McEwing is a guy that's seemingly always linked to whatever jobs that are out there. And I, I, I hate when guys are just Length just because their names and people kind of recognize them, but they don't really get their their shots. You know, I don't know if it's right for this team right now, but maybe your your clubhouse already likes him. Maybe that would be a move that would be very very highly thought of and when well received with the, with Super Joe. So yeah, I, I wouldn't hate that. I I like your your thought process there, hundred percent.
0: He last year I think was a candidate for the Mets job. So that's, that's type of guy, like he, like la- a couple of years ago, he was like hot and heavy, like, well, the Cardinals going to hire him because you know Super Joe's great. We love him down here and things like that, but just cooled off a lot. And I didn't know why.
1: Out of sight, out of mind, I think, man, like when you're, when you're just about, you know, cause when you have job security, like Joe McEwing has had, people just forget about you and you don't bounce around from staff to staff. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, a tough so it's a lot of this is political, right? You know, like getting your name out there and being at the forefront. But Joe McEwing is not that kind of guy, really. You know, you don't hear a lot about him. He just does his does his work and he's on his grind, and you don't hear that much about him uh, in the national baseball perspective like, through that lens. So yeah, I think I think that has a lot to do with it.
0: And my last guy is kind of a surprise, but I like if we're we spoke about getting um, Dave Roberts if the Los Angeles Dodgers were ever to fire him, right? So since we're not gonna get him because they just won the World Series, I'm thinking about getting the guy who sits next to him.
1: Bob Guerin. His
0: name? Bob Guerin. Yep. Yes. I mean, just solid. He's been the the bench coach for the Dodgers since 2016. Success throughout, and you know, managers, my in my own view, don't matter that much, and bench coaches even less. But he's seen success. He's been through the ringers. He was with that Oakland squad's early, you know, 2000s um, and understands the analytical approach that he and Rick Hahn would want to have in this 2021 White Sox team and beyond. So he knows, uh, now being a Dodgers bench coach, the Andrew Friedman uh, philosophy. And I think if we can't get the best guy, which – a guy that would have been available if Dave Roberts would have been available. Let's get a guy that spent some time with Dave Roberts, picked his brain a little bit. Let's get that guy, Bob Guerin. I'm a big fan of if we're going to go older, not, you know, young analytic guy, just a guy that is a sage veteran. I think Bob Guerin would be the guy that I would uh, point as the guy that I want as the next manager for the White Sox.
1: That uh, Dodgers coaching staff is pretty interesting. You know, I, of course uh... – I had known Mark Pryor had been part of that staff for many years because I remember seeing him uh, back in 2018 when I took the tour of Dodger Stadium. You're down there, they take you through the – the clubhouse, you see his calves? Yeah, I remember that that's you that's the identifier right there. But he was walking around through the bowels of Dodger Stadium there while while the group was taking its tour. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Mark Pryor is here. Did you see who else uh former Cubs on that Dodgers coaching staff? I'm sure you did if you if you're familiar with their staff, but you know who else I'm talking oh, about? Oh no! Brent Brown drops the ball. Oh, no. Jumps the ball! Brent Brown, proud of that staff as well. He is their hitting coach there in uh, Los Angeles. So, Hey, that about does it, man. This is going to be an exciting 24 hours, uh, it looks like. But, of course, it could be horseshit. Whenever people get to tweeting about things, uh, remember, just always remember that this is a game of social media and clicks and boosting your followers up. And I have no reason not to trust uh, Dan Rowan, but I, I don't trust the way that he worded his message there. You know, it could just be stirring the pot. And uh, I certainly love a good troll uh, because he certainly has the uh, the natives uh, riled up here after he tweeted about the Sox. Uh, Next managerial hire could come uh, as early as to Thursday. Uh, so, yeah, it should, we'll have Possible to Possible
0: deniability, man. He's a- just uh, having himself uh, an out there and said, yeah. Who you thought it was. If you thought it was Larusa, you're an idiot. And then <laughs>
1: <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I, I I gotta respect that. If that's if that's the thought process, I gotta respect it because no matter what you say, you can't go back on that tweet and he he's not gonna be wrong, no matter who it is. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I can't can't (laughs) knock it. I also can't put too much weight into it. So, yeah, that about does it for us tonight. And uh, we'll get back at it more frequently here and explore some uh, free agency options. And we'll have a lot about this new manager, whoever it is. And, yeah, I'm telling you right now. The new manager, whoever you're thinking of, oh, yeah, it's going to be that person or woman. <laughs> <laughs> hmm? oh? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be that person, okay? So remember that, and I'm going to come here, and I'm going to spike the ball tomorrow when that person that you're thinking of is the White Sox manager for 2021, and you're going to eat shit when it's that person that you're thinking of. And maybe it's not the person you're thinking of. Maybe it's the person that Herb's thinking of. I'm going to put it out there right now. It could be the person that Herb's thinking of. Could be the person that your dog's thinking of. It could be any of those people, but I'm going to say it's going to be one of those people. Okay, so you heard it here first.
0: Just call you an idiot when you think when you said, "Oh no, I was thinking a different person."
1: No, no, it's me here. It's your guy. I predicted the Sox thirty-five and twenty-five. I predicted your Dodgers World Series champion. You did. Uh, So remember, so my word means something in our game here. Okay, so yes, it is who you're thinking of. All right, you out there, the (laughs) podcast listener. All right, so that's all I got tonight. It's good to be back. Are we good to talk to you? And uh, yeah, was, I hope it's a fun Thursday. <laughs> that's all I can say.
0: It is good to be with you. I mean, and in usual times, I can, me and Tanny could tell you that this is bonk or what Dan Rowan's saying is incorrect because we would know because they would send out a press release of what time to show up at guaranteed rate for the press conference. But since we're in the COVID times, Zooms are can be sent out hours or minutes before the Zoom happens. And you can say, hey, here's the major announcement because you just log into the Zoom. So <laughs> that's why it's so hard to pinpoint this thing. And it's so, uh, one, damn, they waited one day, one day after the damn World Series. Well, we, higher, we thought that's how uh, it was going to
1: play out if it was going to be A.J. Hinch. Like, oh, they shouldn't make that decision right away, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I
0: mean, if it is A.J. Hinch, that's. I mean, some tampering had to go on, but whatever. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I'm gonna go out and say it, it's definitely gonna be Tony Larusa, and we're gonna be pissed, and we're gonna do another episode tomorrow. Right. I'm guaranteeing that. Actually, I'm guaranteeing it. I'm five and two on my guarantees. Let's go. <laughs>
1: Are you? You've been five and two all year. I feel like <laughs>
0: no. I was five and zero, oh, and then I missed my last two.
1: <laughs> so right. I'm
0: guaranteeing it's Tony Larusa. I'm not gonna be happy when I'm six and two. All right, so. For Chris Tannehill, follow him at Twitter on Twitter at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ectonwall twenty three. The show is locked on socks. And if you want to email us, which we haven't done um, the mailbag as yet, so we have a lot of mail uh, out there. But if you can have something good and beat some of the people that have emailed us in the last two weeks, it's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to another episode of Locked On Socks.